stop, listen, and ask yourself, have you ever pondered at the idea that there may be something to the other side? If so, and you're hearing my voice for the first time, then you may have just fallen into the void. Hey everybody, this is Rick West from Midsummer Scream, and I'm falling with G-Man into the void. Well, hey there, hello there, and welcome to a very sinister episode of Into the Void, where we talk about anything and everything paranormal. Bats and ghouls, I am your ghost host with the most G-Man, and do we have a show for you? That's right, we're about to take this to yet another level of spooky. We promised you double the spooks and double the chills, and we aim to please. But first... As always, I would like to say thank you to all who have been tuning in. Without your support, this show would not be possible. So, thank you. And while we're at it, I'd like to give a big thank you to creative director of Midsummer Scream, Mr. Rick West, for coming in and falling with us. As we discussed with him what he and his teammates had planned to keep the spirit of Midsummer Scream and Halloween alive. In fact, just this past weekend, Midsummer Scream hosted their live stream event called There in Spirit. I hope you had an opportunity to check it out because I did, and words cannot express how grateful I was for this event. Even though many of us could not physically attend this year, it was great to be able to see and listen to the panels, vendors, and haunt enthusiasts. I even went as far as to double stream the event because I didn't want to miss a thing. For all things Midsummer Scream, visit them at midsummerscream.org. That's midsummerscream.org. Also, a big shout out to Undercity Comics, home of Into the Void, located in beautiful Whittier, California. Undercity Comics is a must visit destination. From graphic novels to collectible action figures, with pins and board games and even some fashionable accessories, this store has what you're looking for. And. I am pleased to announce, after you have collected what you came for, be sure to mention the show and provide proof that you follow the show to receive 10% off your first store purchase. Lastly, I mention this again because I feel in my heart it's the right thing to do. Also, it's a smart idea. Here at Into the Void, we want to become more and more a part of the community, and that means finding ways to help in any way we can. Well, we found a way. The Halloween Fun Packs Project. This is a non-profit project. Their goal is to provide children who have been affected by COVID-19 with a free packet of candy or non-candy and treats. If you or someone you know have a child and have been affected by this pandemic, visit their website and register. If you would like to help bring a smile to a child in the Halloween spirit, then why not make a donation by visiting their GoFundMe page? Remember, each donation will help bring the joy of Halloween to a child missing out this year. Visit them at www.halloweenfunpackproject.com or donate at gofundme.com and search Halloween Fun Pack Project. So for today's episode, we have a mystery guest host and we will be discussing something that has not only frightened me since I was a child, but I imagine many of you listeners as well. Now, I must warn you that the subject for this episode may not be suitable for young listeners. So now would be a good time to excuse them from the show. But before we take this plunge, here's a short word from our sponsor for this episode. Have you ever wished there was a place to relive your favorite horror film memories. Perhaps a place with a grand collection of horror art. Well, thanks be to the spirits, the Sugar Men Gallery is a place for you. Located in beautiful South Pasadena, the Sugar Mint Gallery will be holding a horror art show on Saturday, July 30th, 2022. Yes, it is still a ways away, but that just means there is plenty of time to make your arrangements. 
Admission is only $5 for adults, and visitors 13 years of age and younger enter for free. For more information on the Horror Art Show, visit SugarMint.com. That's S-U-G-A-R-M-Y-N-T.com. You can also visit Eventbrite or Maker's Place Pop-Ups on Instagram for more details. Welcome back, listeners. So I'd now like to bring in my amazing co-hosts. With me, as always, is the very talented and funny man. He runs the sound for this amazing podcast. And if he's not working, working it in the podcast studio, then he's greeting you with a friendly hello and thanks for coming attitude at this place of business. Bats and ghouls, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. Renee, insert sweet epic na- nickname here. Bravo. Oh. <laughs> How's it going, Renee? Good, good. What? <laughs> I like that. Was that a good insert one? Insert sweet epic nickname. Like that, <laughs> that was a good one. That was. That was that's a new favorite of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Going to put that up on the board. Right? <laughs> right. Also joining us back from hanging out with the dead, a man who can make a mob of zombies sound like an acapella group. Bats and ghouls, please welcome back, not the weird one, not the odd one, but the strange one. What's up, strange one? How are you doing today? You know what? I am excited and happy to be back in studio, although I am pretty hungry, you know. He's hungry again. I'm always hungry. <laughs> hungry for adventure, hungry for a new word, and hungry for a sandwich. So if any, any of you listeners have any recommendations, please. How about a paranormal on rye? It's a lot like pastrami, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like a Reuben. Like a Reuben. There we go. In fact, I know a Reuben. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, I have some unfortunate news for us. And also for our listeners, too. As you may or may not be aware, Creep It Real has made the decision to not have their Halloween event after all. I know. It is. It sucks. (laughs) I'm just saying it out now. It just sucks. It does. Um, It was not an easy decision to make, I'm sure. Uh, for those who are new to the show, we had Kevin Valentine, the co-producer of Creep It Real OC, come on to the show and discuss uh, the plans for their Halloween event. But alas, it will not be taking place this year. Mm. So, But turn that frown upside down because that just means that they'll be back next year fired up and scarier than ever. Yes. Visit their website, creepitrealocmystrikingly.com. That's creeperrealocmystrikingly.com. Now, we have one more introduction to make before we get to our ever-intriguing topic. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. Igor, quickly, I need the brain! Hey there, listener. I'm sorry, I have to hurry. But be sure to mark your calendars. The Sugar Mint Gallery will be hosting a horror art show on Saturday, July 30th, 2022. Admission is only $5, and guests 13 years and younger enter for free. Be sure to plan ahead and get there early. First 100 guests will receive a free gift bag. (laughs) I love free things. The Sugarman Gallery is home of my favorite and most best friend, Michael Myers from the classic horror film Halloween. You won't want to miss this event. Igor, I need you to hurry. For more information on the Sugar Mint Gallery and the horror art show, visit SugarMint.com. That's S-U-G-A-R-M-Y-N-T.com. And visit their Facebook page. You can also visit Eventbrite or Maker's Place pop-ups on Instagram for more details. Igor, where are you? I'm coming, Master. Hurry, listener. You don't want to miss it. All right, listener. Today we have with us a very special guest host, a woman whose own experiences align with today's topic. Bats and ghouls, help us welcome to the studio... Miss Susanna Hernandez. Thank you. Welcome, Susanna. Hey. Excited to be here. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and doing this with us. It's my pleasure. So, Susanna, why don't you share a little bit about yourself with us? Sure. So, been a musician basically all my life. Uh, Still to this day, playing in bands, um, 
I'm a bass player. And so, yeah, and I've always been intrigued with the paranormal or unexplained. Nice. So music and the unexplained basically sum me up. They go on hand in hand. I think they, they do. really do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've read about aliens and Bigfoot and X-Files since I was a kid. And I, I just always followed this stuff and read it. So I'm really looking forward to kind of adding my my input. Awesome. <laughs> so Really happy to have you. Thank you. This is great. Like when uh, when G-Man first mentioned, hey, do you know Susanna? I was like, I know a lot of Susannas. Which one? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. She says she knows you. It's like, oh, that's Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly which one. <laughs> but I was happy. I was like, cool. I'm glad that we can get somebody else in here and talking on the topic that I was really eager to get into. So nice. Glad to have you. Well, I've had many episodes of 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 this sleep paralysis, so I have a lot. To share. Well, this is going to be interesting and definitely <laughs> oh, spooky. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we uh, get into the main event, shall we? Since recorded history, humans and animals have had an irrational fear of the dark. But is it truly irrational? Now, it's obvious that the dark can be a scary thing. Our eyes and mind will often play tricks on us when the lights are low. In darkness, a pile of clothes on the chair can easily morph into what looks like a stranger waiting in the dark. A pillow stuffed under your blankets can appear as someone lurking beneath the surface. Sometimes it's easy to dismiss these visions as illusions of our imagination. Our eyes are simply adjusting to the dark. But what if you saw something that wasn't a trick of the light? What if the shadows we see are not the shadows we know? Bats and ghouls, it's time to sit back light some candles and say your prayers for this episode we are diving to the darkest part of the void where what you think you saw was exactly what you saw bats and ghouls i now leave you in the hands of the strange one to get us rolling into this realm of darkness take it away strange one have you ever had the looming suspicion that you're not alone Perhaps you've had the feeling of being watched. Maybe you've seen something in the corner of your eye, something or someone fleeing just beyond the edge of your sight. Throughout my life, I've always had this sensation from the time I was a young boy to this very day. As a child, I grew up living in a large household with my grandparents, siblings, cousins, aunt, uncle, and of course my parents. It was a large home, old, with a long-standing history. I'd often notice something moving out of the corner of my eye, but with so many people living in one house, I would usually just assume it was one of my family members. I would usually ask my cousins if they knew who else was home, but they'd often tease, it was a ghost. Well, since they were older than me, I just figured they were trying to mess with me. So I would just ignore it and move on. Even though I tried to ignore these encounters, I'd continue to have them. These days, I usually dismiss them or chalk it up to just pareidolia. Now, pareidolia is the psychological phenomenon that causes people to see patterns in random stimuli, often causing people to assume human characteristics to objects. Much like when you see a cloud and you think it looks like a cat or a dragon, this is the same concept for a pareidolia when you see something that is, uh, is most likely an illusion. So since I wear glasses, I usually just blame the frames nowadays, except every so often, from out of the corner of my eye, I would notice something quickly move in and out of sight. And just before quickly putting blame on my frames again, I realized I'm wearing contacts and there is nothing there to cause me to see anything on the corner of my eye. Now, being a rational adult with a fascination of the paranormal, I'm always on guard. I don't immediately assume that what I see or hear are immediately supernatural in nature, but I do question them. I make sure of my surroundings. I investigate all possibilities before I arrive to the conclusion that what I have been noticing all my life was not simply an illusion. In fact, the passing dances of shadow within the darkened corners of my home give me pause to reconsider what I'm actually seeing. In my search for answers, 
I came upon some articles online where people around the world have witnessed the same visions as I had, and one specific encounter that petrified me to the core. I speak, of course, of the entities known as shadow people. Now, I have to tell you, listener, neither myself nor my companions claim to be professionals. We are simply students of the paranormal, and like many of you, we are drawn to its mystery. With that said, shadow people are considered dark masses or humanoid figures to the many people who have studied them. To the people who have had an actual encounter with them, they are very real and can be extremely terrifying. But who or what are these dark apparitions? Are they simply passing through or could they have darker intentions? There are a few types of shadow people out there such as neutral, positive, and negative. The neutral shadows are observers, seemingly hiding from sight and often extremely fast. They're also known as peepers, as it's almost like they're playing peekaboo. The next type of shadows are positive shadows, sometimes as quick or shy as the neutral shadows. However, these shadows differ in their behavior as they are benevolent. Often said to be helpful to those they encounter, it's been said that they will bring a positive emotion to people who come to visit. And then there are the negative shadows. These entities are not only darker in opacity, but also harbor dark intent. Encounters with this type of shadow have often been described as the most frightening experience. Negative shadows have a tendency to lurk and are drawn to those who carry negative emotions. Also, these entities are not the shy type. They have been said to cause physical, emotional, and psychological trauma from scratches and bruising to deep sensations of fear, anger, and sadness to poltergeist and setting in motion chains of misfortune. A couple of specific negative entities are the hooded, often seen as the Reapers or the Red Eye, often seen in darkness, a humanoid figure with red glowing eyes. The Old Hag, sometimes thought of as a witch, and the Hat Man, the bringer of death. We'll get into more of who these entities are in one of our later episodes. But for now, Susanna, yeah, as we're aware, you have your own personal experience involving a shadow person. Uh, many. <laughs> Would you like to share with us some of your encounters? Sure. Uh, so this basically all started for me uh, actually from my mom's stories when I was a kid. Um, she used to always tell me how afraid she was of Darth Vader because she never liked to watch Star Wars or was always terrified because she said that it was once when she woke up one night paralyzed and she saw a, a big shadow on top of her pushing down on her chest. And she said it looked exactly like, like Darth Vader. And uh, in her mind, she grew up, she was born and, and raised in Mexico in a small, small town. Um, very Catholic, so in her mind, she thought it was something demonic. Hmm. So that's what I grew up with, you know, yeah. with that kind of religious aspect. Of okay. It, you know, yeah. and I was terrified of the idea, you know, because I grew up, even though she came here and it wasn't, um, we never went to Catholic, like, church, I still grew up with those beliefs that she had. So I was just terrified of, of that idea and was just glad that I hadn't, hadn't experienced anything like that and was hoping never to trying to be, you know, the good daughter and be a good person so I would never be terrorized. And everything was fine up until maybe my late teens uh, when I woke up one night and I was in my room. I can see everything perfectly. I, I thought I was awake, but I could not move. Like, I couldn't. I tried moving my hands. I tried lifting my arm to turn my lamp on, and I just could not budge. I tried screaming so so much and so as hard as I could I opened up my mouth and I just nothing would come out and I was I was in my mind freaking out and all of a sudden I, I saw and felt that 
presence on top of me. And as fast as it came, it just, I snapped out of it. I woke up and I just started crying. I ran to my mom's room and I basically woke her up and said, I, I think I, the same thing you felt or the same presence, I think it just happened to me. And she started telling me like, oh, we have to pray. And that was her, her thought, you know, her mindset with her background, you know, that we had to pray because, you know, something bad was, was sinister, was, was um, approaching or appearing before you. So. Yeah. And that yeah. seems like a, a really natural thing to do is whenever it seems like it's, uh, you know, uh, sinister or dark. Uh, your first instinct is to pray about it, you know? Right. Um, so that, I mean, that kudos to her for doing that, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, I, I just completely felt and believed similar to what my mom had, you know, always told me. And that was my thought. I, I didn't, never experienced it. And I never even heard of, of anybody else experiencing it. So. Um, around what age did you first experience this? I probably was around 16. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, already gathering some rationality as an adult. Yeah. 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 So it was kind of, yeah, in my teens when I, you know, I um, was starting. I mean, I, I had this interest in the paranormal, but I had never really experienced anything for myself. So for me, I was just trying to understand what it was. Was it a, a demon? Was it a ghost? Was it what my mom was saying? You know, some kind of, you know, evil demon spirit, you know? Yeah. So I was just trying to figure out, like, what I had just experienced, not really understanding anything about sleep paralysis, never had heard the word. Um, and as I got older, maybe in my later teens, 18, 19, 20, I started experiencing it almost every other night. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, and they just seemed to get more and more, uh, terrifying. Um, I think the next time I experienced it, it was same thing. I would always wake up and I would be in my room and I tried so hard to move, to lift my arms, turn on my lamp. And at this one point, I think the scariest one I ever experienced was a hand coming out from under my sheets oh, and grabbing, whoa. grabbing, basically putting their whole hand over my, my hand. And trying to, I can even still remember the feeling of trying to pry each finger off of me. But every time I would pry a finger or two, it would just go back and completely grab Grasp. back onto me. Because, wow. you know, I, I was very powerless. Yeah. You know, but just, I was trying to muster as much as I can, as I could. And I couldn't even imagine your thought as soon as you felt like a hand grabbing your hand in, in your sheets like that. That's insane. Yeah. I, it was really really terrifying because like I said at that point I didn't have any other understanding of what it could be right so I was just wondering like what's going on why is this happening to me like what did I do <laughs> you know and uh and but then I would always snap out of it of course and I mean at that age I was just so scared I would turn my light on I would turn the tv on and um just leave it on for the rest of the night because I was so scared to go back to sleep sometimes I would experience it wake up and I'd feel so exhausted. I, I'd still feel like I was in this like half sleep where I, I couldn't help but fall right back to sleep and go right back in to an episode of like whatever I was experiencing. Right, yeah. Um, and it happened a few times where I would just slowly, I'd wake up, but fall right back asleep and go right back into that nightmare and wake up, fall right back asleep. And so some nights I would just kind of stay up for a while. It's almost like that when you go back into that nightmare, it's like it's like it's telling you we're not done yet. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, almost. Which is yeah. scary to think because, you right. know, when you have a nightmare, you want to just wake up and let it go. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, you think about it, you analyze it, but then you just kind of go on with your day. But to be able to wake up, go back to sleep and jump right back into it, yeah. um, that's that's a little much for me. And it's always nightmares, right? You can mm -hmm. never have like a really good dream then wake up and then try to go back and you're back in it. Right. No, it's only <laughs> Yeah, it's always, it's for some reason, it's like our subconscious wants to just hang on to the, the, the darker side of what, what was going on in that dream versus like, you know, you're having a great dream where you're driving a Ferrari down, you know, in Italy or something and it was a great dream and you wake up going, man, that was great. I want to go back into it and you can't, yeah. you know, but with a, like you said, nightmare, strange one, um, <laughs> you just jump right back into it and that's, that's, Honestly, like, that sucks. 
And it can it be really, really exhausting, especially if in the dream you're getting chased. Yeah. And you just feel like you're just running again. But um, I digress. That is definitely chilling. Very chilling. Yeah. And so, yeah, I basically went on like that for a few years and I started getting used to it. I know it's it's kind of weird to think getting used to it, but I, I just started telling myself, like, wake up in my mind. I would tell myself, you have to wake up, try to wake up. Um, and eventually I just got used to them. Yeah. I mean, they never stopped being terrifying, but at least I knew that once I woke up, I would be okay. Um, so is that is that still happening to you to this day? No, that... It feels like they they just all of a sudden just stopped. Mm. Like after maybe a few years, maybe in my mid-20s. Do you think it's because you started getting an understanding as to what was going on? It could. Well, I think what it was is I started reading up on it and okay. going online. And I started realizing that's when I first heard the word sleep paralysis. And I started re- reading, okay, here are some of these... Um, the uh, possible reasons you would be having them. And, you know, some of it was st- stress. It said about having weird sleep sleep patterns. And, of course, I, you know, I was a musician, so I would have, like, a weird pattern. I would be up late. Naturally, yeah. Would, you know, yeah. I would take naps during the day, you know, sometimes because I'd be up late. You know, I was going yeah. to school at, t- at the time. I was in my 20s, you know. I, I Missed those naps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I did, I did have a pretty odd schedule, you know, just because I'd be out late and, yeah. you know doing my thing and and then it also mentioned about like sleeping on your back was another reason so as i got older and i started reading this stuff i thought you know let me give it a try and and see if i can prevent it and as the years went on um they just they just stopped Hmm. and i started wondering too around that time if you know what was going on in my life you know and it you know early 20s there's a lot of things going on changes and you know in my life i was going through you know my own personal kind of changes and and a lot of things weighing on me that, you know, I, I know probably did cause some stress just personally. So I think as I got older and I kind of started getting more of a grasp of myself and coming to my coming to, to myself into my own, you know, I, I think it just helped, helped, yeah. you know, yeah. I can't explain it. You know, honestly, I'm doing the best I can to it's explain. The unexplainable <laughs> why, is you know, very hard but, to explain. But to tell yeah. you exactly that's why they stopped, you know, yeah. I can't, but. Yeah, I, I had many, you know, I've had, you know, waking up and hearing people calling my name in my ear, like whispering. I had somebody over my face, like grabbing at my face. Um, there was one actually, there was only one time I remember where it actually was more awesome than it was scary. Oh. It was more like beautiful, actually. Like, oh. um, I, I woke up one night and I just saw this beam of light from my, from my ceiling um, coming towards my chest and it was it just was beautiful actually and and as soon as I felt myself waking up this light kind of just sucked right back into me and I woke up like as soon as that light disappeared inside of me I woke up so I don't know that made me feel like there's more to it maybe than just yeah. what you know we in the western world yeah you know think of as sleep paralysis but you know I I always like to keep an open mind, but you know, so that sounded more out of body, if anything, you know, mm. like your spirit came back right. after roaming the fields. Of exactly. Sleep. You know, this is like astral proje- projection or something, but mm. who knows? Interesting. But, yeah. Huh. It's, it's interesting that you, that you mentioned this. I, I'm going to let strange one go. Cause I, I know he's got more that he wants to give us here, but it's just, I, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you. Uh, talk about the sleep paralysis and what you've been through and realizing that there were so many moments that I had like at Rio Hondo College up in that green room that they always talked about it being haunted mm-hmm. and laying on that. Remember that brown couch, strange one that was up there? I thought it was green. Or green or something like that. And I remember just sleeping up there. And of course, you know, you're doing theater. Your, your hours are off. You're in college. Your hours are off. So going up there and sleeping and then all of a sudden feeling like somebody is putting pressure on my back and I'm trying to yell for someone to come upstairs and help me, and you can't get a word out. And I just, it, it, it's really interesting that you have gone through that. Multiple people that we have talked to have gone through that. It's almost like there's something about this. There's some, there's some giant connection uh, with the sleep paralysis and the paranormal, and 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 you know not being able to to move and talk and all that. I don't know, Stranger. What do you think, real quick here, before we uh, go forward? 
Um, definitely. It's, uh, and we were talking about it a little bit before coming into the studio that this is a, a an, just an insane phenomenon. People around the world have had experience with sleep paralysis and oftentimes will describe the same type of paralysis sensation or vision in a sense. So I myself have had an experience, which I was actually saving for the last episode, so I won't share now, <laughs> listener. But uh, I, too, have myself a sleep paralysis story to share, and uh, it is very vivid, so I believe it to be a true encounter. Um, interesting. That's interesting. Now, there's something that you had mentioned earlier, um, and it had to do with the fact that you were making every effort to disprove your encounters. Yeah, so every time I see something, because, again, I, to this day, listener, have had encounters still with what I like to imagine as a peeper, uh, a shadow entity that's, that's just wa- watching. You know, I always get that suspicion that something in the back is is actually looking at me. But before I actually can get into that and, and honestly believe that that is what's going what's going on that the entity that i'm actually experiencing is real i make every effort to disprove that encounter before just jumping to the conclusion like trying to recreate the condition of the encounter you know making myself positioned the way i was looking in one direction where i was already looking to try to see if i can get that same glance you know to my, my peripheral if i can still see that check my surroundings to see if there's anybody else around me you know maybe some animals maybe a bug, you know, I'm rather clean listener. So my place is pretty immaculate. So there aren't, there should be no bugs <laughs> in my place. And I, but I do try to con- consider every possibility before jumping to a conclusion. In fact, did you know, and I consider this too, but did you know, listener, that we all have blind spots in our vision? Say what? Yeah. So we don't actually see in a continuous stream there are gaps in our vision that our mind fills in to give the appearance of continuous sight. This is known as invented visual information. Studies show that we trust this fake vision more than our real vision, meaning our perception is contaminated with visual information we already know or assume, like when we can walk while looking at your phone and not run into anything, although that hasn't prevented some of us from still bumping into a pole now and then. We normally don't notice this blind spot in our vision since our brains would use both eyes and fill in the gap with information from the other eye. However, we instinctively are less trusting of this makeup information. Have you ever done that double take to look again at what you just saw because you weren't quite sure what was there? So maybe a shadow snuck between the frames of our vision or perhaps because our minds don't have enough information to appropriately identify what it sees, appears as a dark entity shape or shadow. So this has always made me wonder, what other alternative theories are there to shadow people? So tell me, Susanna, if not a ghost or a spirit, what else could these dark masses be? Wow. (laughs) <laughs> That's a heck of a question. I know. Really? <laughs> I mean, it it could just be something in our in our unconscious mind, you know, uh, that since we're in a partial dream state, it could just be our unconscious kind of projecting itself out into what we perceive as our real the real world, our bedroom. Um, you know, there's some belief that you know when we're sleeping, our souls are a lot more vulnerable to experiences. Um, so maybe it's the state where we are more conscious or more aware of, of the other, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, that other realm or something. Yeah, like, yeah, another realm basically. Yeah. Or dimension or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it also has to do with, with people, um, themselves and what they believe if they're open to that kind of thing. Um, I know my mom was very open to it, so I feel like maybe it was an inherited thing where where um, I also am open to those kind of things and experiences. So I think with that, uh, I feel like I'm able to, to uh, basically tune into that. 
you know, somehow. Because I think it's all energy and it, and it's all um, a connection with with that other realm. And if you're open to it, you know, it you'll see it. Almost like that what you put out there is what you're going to get back. Yeah. I think with anything, just even the energy you put out with the people around you, you're always going to get back what you put out with with people. You know, maybe it's the same thing with with spirits and Energy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's my guess. I'm not, you know. <laughs> you know I was just thinking expert. about that Beatles line right now when you just said that. Mm-hmm. You know, the love you give is the love you get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Renee, what are your thoughts on the matter? Oh, man, that's pretty uh, trippy the way you even... The whole vision thing, that's what got me. The vision one. Yeah. When I mean, you said about the eyes, that uh, we have little shadows, because that happens to me a lot. That's why. So that's why I was like, I was like, yep, that happens to me every day when I wake up. Yeah. Just constantly just like, I'm rubbing my eyes and then I'll be like looking down the hall and thinking something just went past. And I'm, yeah, yeah or something even when I'm here at work, you know, I'm by myself and just a, a moving, you know, object. Yeah. So that's actually the reason why I, I looked into that because. Uh, if you have you ever seen a video where a helicopter doesn't look like it's it's the the propeller spinning right. it's just stuck and it's yeah. still it's still flying yeah. well that that happens to be that the frame rate is actually matching the the propeller so it's only mm. seeing it as it's it's stationary so that means the the gap in information where it's showing that it's spinning is not there you know and it it's proof through a camera mm-hmm. that our eyes do the same thing hmm. but because our mind will will make up the missing information we will see that 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 actual spin yeah so I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. It's it's a hidden vision. So if our eyes are seeing the same way a camera would, picking up those frames, right? What if uh, what we would normally see is in between the frames, and that's why it's a glance. It's something that's quick, and, and we don't actually notice it. Hmm. So what's your opinion, G Man? Well, I'm glad you asked that actually, because I'm I'm really thinking about uh, you know what uh, what Susanna said. Um, there's a lot of stuff here that you you have mentioned that I have experienced myself. Um, and you know, sleep paralysis is definitely, you know, that, that's a common thing for everybody. But what's interesting is having that sleep paralysis happen to you in an area that is considered to be haunted or an area where something has happened and the residual energy is still around, or maybe it's enough energy for the spirit to be around. And they say that when, you know, you have sleep paralysis, it's almost like whatever's in the room is trying to either, you know, let you know something, um, trying to inform you or trying to warn you. Um, It's an interesting, very, uh, a little confusing of a subject because you also have the science aspect of it. And, you know, we talk about the human brain and how the human brain and the conscious uh, holds on to certain things. And so when you're sleeping and you have that nightmare, your conscious is basically projecting whatever, you know, trauma is going on in your life, whatever stress is going on in your life. Um, And so it's hard to sometimes determine whether or not it's a paranormal state or if it's more of a psychological, psychological, psychological type of state. So um, it's I, I think it's a very interesting subject. Um, that has a lot of topic. Um, and I'm happy to, to say that we are going to be extending on this more, but it's just interesting that this all happens. Um, something I wanted to actually uh, bring up to you, Susanna, was um, why Darth Vader, as opposed to, like, there's the story of the hat man, um, there's the, the old hag, um, you know, or sometimes people just see a, sh- a shadowy figure. Why, why Darth Vader though? I mean, was she, mom. yeah, for your mom, was she a huge Star Wars fan or is no, one, is one of those No, I think it was just, that's comparison? what she can relate to okay. at that time. I don't think she probably knew anything about these other, um, like Hatman type things. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, and she, she came to the United States in the seventies, you know, and, um, so it was very popular, the whole star Wars thing. So I think the first thing that she can relate it to is, was Darth Vader. But yeah, yeah, because being more of, um, of the religious belief, she didn't really read too much about ghosts or know a lot of these other type of, um, what would you call them? Negative spirits or entities. Yeah. Right. So I just think she wasn't aware of these other, names and mm. she just named it what she the first thing that came to her mind yeah oftentimes you it's know? a jump to to demon 
uh, much like gin is a go-to for a lot of different types of spirits in, right. in Eastern, yeah. Eastern uh, part of the world. Right. right. So and we will get into that yeah. next episode oh, yeah. of well, the I'm, Shadow I'll, People. Yeah, I'm excited but for yeah, that. But yeah, it was definitely demon, but she related it to the way it looked. Interesting. Yeah. Darth Vader. Interesting. So, yeah. Just now, a dark mass. Oh, sorry. Um, so, Susanna, at 16, you said you didn't really know exactly what was going on. Um, you just went, and that's understandable for a lot of people where you experience something paranormal and then you're just like, Oh my God, like freaking out, you know? And then you said you started like studying or researching, um, was all your research just based off of the sleep paralysis or did it have to do with shadow people or just paranormal in general? I mean, just trying to figure out what exactly is out there that we can't see. Yeah. Just many things in general. Um, I also looked into a lot of the like historical type of aspect of it um even looking at like the paintings like uh fuseli's nightmare type okay. thing oh, and then yeah. things like incubus and succubus so i know throughout many cultures they have their own beliefs on it so i always like to also read about what other cultures uh believed um and there's so many um and then but the sleep paralysis for me was was more uh, to see if if I can prevent it, so okay. I use that whole like scientific uh, Western version just to see if okay, let me try and keep a better sleep schedule and not sleep on my back and mm-hmm. um, and like I said, once I think I got older and um, I think the stressful things at that point in my life had I resolved them within myself, you mm-hmm. know, just through growth and you know just learning for myself. I think with that, it, it just just kind of it was like a phase almost it felt like for me mm, like a okay. teenage early 20s phase i feel um and i just kind of grew out of it but i was still always interested because i i am completely i've experienced other things besides sleep paralysis like while well, i've been awake you right. know felt presence presences <laughs> Presences. Yeah. <laughs> I think Not the sure. correct term is presence cease. <laughs> yeah. oh, All our English teachers would be so mad right now. So, Seriously. So, I mean, I've experienced different things, and my mom has too outside of sleep. So, I always like to keep that other aspect, like, also in mind so that there could be more to it. And, you know, just culturally, I feel that our, um, I know I'm getting really deep here, but like our ancestors, I think had much more of a connection to, to spiritualism and, and those types of beliefs that there's more out there or more to it than just what we can see. So I feel like it's still there. There's still answers and there's still questions, um, to all this besides what, you know, scientifically we can prove, you know, and auras and, and energies and whatnot. So I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. This is this is such a fascinating subject to talk about. And like I said, there's so much this subject is so uh, there's so much topic within this subject itself. Yeah, it's interesting that you would say that there's just so many things and aspects and culture. Um, I actually had theories as well. The reason why I brought into the idea of sight and uh, what our mind can see and missing information uh, oftentimes, and I only learned about this since my my uh, sister-in-law has, uh, I forget what it's called, and I should have looked it up before this episode, but uh, she has this thing with her, her vision when it gets dark. She can't actually see dark spots. They um, It just comes out blank in her in her vision. Uh, mm. She tells me that when she, when, if she's driving and it's dark out, uh, she can't tell if there's a pothole because every once in a while... Uh, it'll just look black on the street. And that just could be because of a dip or whatever. So she can't tell if it's a pothole, there's a hole in the street. So it, her mind will fill in the blank with just a dark spot. And that got me into the idea of, well, what about our, our own personal sight in any aspect? So I started learning about the fake sight and how our eyes really see. And with that, I started considering other possibilities, such as interdimensional. We mentioned about having a shadow realm and tech and typically the shadow realm is another dimension. So why would it not be possible for us to be able to see, Good uh, to be able to glance yeah. it with those, those little frames, you know, every once in a while we, we catch a glimpse within the frame of our vision and we see a shadow. What if other mm. people are there, their frame, the way their mind is picking up on, on these entities, their mind is actually on the offbeat when it comes to these frame framing of shadows. So they'll see it more 
more frequently because they're lined up with that that frame of that rate frame and their mind is able to actually perceive these entities so it is very interesting and that's probably as well why most times it's caught on camera rather than just people actually seeing it. And we don't actually see it until later on. Right. It matches up on video. Like I didn't see that when it was, when I was there, I swear. And then all of a sudden, you know, we put up the, the YouTube videos or whatever. We start reviewing footage of investigation. And all of a sudden you now see this entity there. I mean, we yeah. also have to remember the fact that these cameras that we have can pick up what we can't see. Right. Mm-hmm. But because cameras record on a continuous feed, that's the difference. Oh, I see. Okay. So they don't they don't do a frame rate like our eyes do. You know, mind you, um, photographic cameras are a frame rate, but you know, video cameras and anything that records re- records on a continuous stream. Mm. So where our eyes won't be able to perceive what we see because it's not picking up the, that frame, the camera would and it would grasp it and it would hold on to it. So thought, well, that's pretty interesting about alternate dimensions, and our minds again. It fills in information that it think it thinks it knows. So if we can't actually perceive what what is there, you know, say if we do see this shadow person, our mind doesn't know how to identify it. So it recognizes it. Re- it recognizes that it's a figure, it's human form, and it'll give it a shape. But because your mind can't perceive what it actually is, it appears dark. Hmm. Dark shadow. So I had that idea as what it could actually be, you know, something alternate dimension, you know, our minds are not able to perceive that. And beyond our third dimension, if we want to get into a little more quantum physics, um, we can't perceive beyond our own dimension. However, we can perceive into dimensions below ours, two and one, mostly mathematically. But um, if there are other entities within other dimensions, then they can then perceive our own dimension. Right, because we cannot see into a dimension that's past our own, but within within reason we can see into dimensions, or rather create dimensions of two and one D. Hmm. So interesting. If there are entities that are beyond our dimension, they can essentially visit, or they would live, you know, call it, you know, within the same world, within the same uh, space, just slightly out of phase. And once in a while, again, with our eyesight we may be able to catch or glimpse it when our the frame rate of our vision matches their movements. And so we then see these other entities. That's amazing how our our perception, our the way what we see can match up. And yet when we try to match enough, it won't happen. But when we're not paying attention and we're not acknowledging it, it just doesn't match up, which I think it's interesting because we also had that discussion about acknowledging entities and acknowledging the paranormal versus when you don't acknowledge it, you know, it doesn't bug you or which I, I do find a little hard to believe that if you don't acknowledge it, it won't bug you. Um, but at the same time, like it's, it's interesting because I, I feel like they play in the same factor, which is acknowledging and not acknowledging seeing through the peripheral and not. I think because you ignore it by if you ignore someone, you're you're intentionally ignoring them. Right. Right. And I think that that is just as as. Um, alluring as actually paying attention and acknowledging mm. uh, most recently and i will share this is i've noticed knocking in my place and i know in one of our past episodes i mentioned that there was a, a pin type that's drop, right like, like marble, that marble drop yeah i noticed that that sound actually moved and i was working on my computer um and all of a sudden i heard it but it was like at my feet it was below me you know at my feet and just off to the side but I've been noticing knocking in different parts of my, my um, apartment and I just, I'm like, it must be the wind. It must be something else. It must be this. And I just dismiss it because I try to ignore the, the idea of it. But again, you know, it may be something, it may be that ignoring it is also a sense of acknowledging because mm. you have to acknowledge something before you can ignore it. Right. Right. Exactly. Fascinating. So, <laughs> so listener, there is so much to talk about regarding this topic. So much, and we could not contain it to just one episode. So keep an ear out and an eye for the next chapter of what we're calling the Shadow Chronicles. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here. But before we go, gentlemen, I believe it's time for one last word from our sponsor for this episode.
Hello? Do you like horror movies? Yes. Who is this? Well then, be sure to visit the Horror Art Show at the Sugar Mint Gallery. What? Really? Where is this? The Sugar Mint Gallery is located at 810 Meridian Avenue in South Pasadena on Saturday, July 30th, 2022. Wait, so it's not even until 2022? That's right. But that just means you'll have all the time you need to prepare for a horror event you won't forget. Well, I mean, that's awesome, but how much... Admission is $5 for adults, and those 13 years and younger enter for free. This is awesome. I can't wait. Thank you so much for letting me know. Don't mention it. Just be sure to get there early. First 100 guests get a free gift bag. Wow, that that's amazing. Indeed. Well, I better be off. But before I go, I'll be taking your soul. <laughs> no, no, no! We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. And welcome back, listener, but... Well, once again, Susanna, thank you so much for joining us here today. It has truly been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. It was fun. <laughs> this was a very interesting, informative episode, and I cannot wait to come back and for us to you know, continue and talk more about uh, uh, what we are titling as. I'm so excited! <laughs> titling as the Shadow Chronicles. <laughs> well, gentlemen, as always, I thank you for joining me. This was the most informative thing I, I think we've we've had yeah, so far. Um, it's dark informative, though. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what I like about it the most. I think so. it's a, the most informative since the Black Eyed Children. Yes, since yeah. our Black Eyed oh, Children yeah, episode. I about that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, listener, if you enjoyed what you've heard here and would like to know more about the show or follow us, on any of our social medias, then go and tap that like button or follow button. Check us out on Facebook at Pod Paranormal 87, Instagram at Void Podcast 18, Twitter at Nightwing Silver, and visit our website at IntoTheVoidPod.com. That's IntoTheVoidPod.com. Also, if you'd like to support this show, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash IntoTheVoid301. All right, well... That's going to do it for me. Once again, I am your ghost host with the most G-Man, and I want to thank you for falling with me into the void. Yeah.